RadioInfluence.com. You are in the trenches with former Buccaneers offensive lineman Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. Hello, everybody. This is Ian Beckles, and welcome back to In the Trenches. Our beloved Buccaneers figure out a way to get it done yesterday, 38-35 against the Colts. And um, uh, if that score is familiar, uh, if you remember way back when, when Tony Dungy was uh, coaching on the other sideline and the Colts came back from a 28-7 deficit in the fourth quarter to beat us, well, I believe that the score was, was the same. So the Buccaneers figure out a way to win yesterday. Um, not only is that a game that the Bucs normally lose, I think it's a game that most teams normally lose. Um, it's This is a weird football team that we have. First of all, it's being quarterbacked by probably the weirdest athlete to ever play any professional sport. And that, I'm not, I'm just being honest with that. I, I've never seen an athlete that, if you think he stinks, you're right. And if you think he's great, you're right. Okay. Because I've never seen an athlete that you get in the best of both worlds and all of it. Because Jameis is, he's two things. He's the best of the worst. He's the best quarterback I've ever seen to throw the, to throw the ball to the other team. He's the best, he's the best I've ever, you can't, throw three picks and still play well. And he did. I know it just, I've never seen it before. And he's also the worst of the best. So he's the best of the worst and the worst of the best. Cause teams don't really allow their quarterbacks to throw that many interceptions. I mean, I think it's 24 for the year. God, I mean, that's, there's some quarterbacks that go three, four years without throwing the ball away or to the other team 24 times. And the season's not over. But I'll be damned if you you, you got to watch it and you, he has to be in there because when it's all said and done, he's right about in the middle of the pack as far as quarterbacks go. You can get rid of him, but you're, you're going to be getting rid of a quarterback that can throw for 456 yards when his wide receiver, his number one wide receiver is out and he missed a series as well. So, I mean... I, my opinion of Jameis Winston hasn't changed one iota through the whole year because he has so many intangibles. His his competitive nature is off the chart. It's off. The, I've never seen a quarterback throw interception and be the first one down the field to try to make a tackle before. I've never seen a quarterback throw his body into piles to try to push the pile on run plays. I've never seen quarterback hand the ball off and go block as a lead blocker before. And, uh, and then there's the other side. You're like, for God's sakes, how many times the first interception that Jameis Winston threw to Darius Leonard, and I, I, I'll, I'll, I'm not an apologist, but I will, I see plays where you go, listen, that's not Jameis. That's the receiver making, running a bad route, or that was a, a bad read by the receiver, or that was a great play by the defender. No, not the first one. Darius Leonard, the second one Darius Leonard got, you have to chalk one up to the Colts calling a perfect defense. They called a perfect blitz, and they had a perfect spy in the perfect spot. And Jameis threw that interception. They duped him, but I think they'd have got a good quarterback in that situation as well. The first one, Darius Leonard, uh, got down the middle of the field in cover two with Mike Evans running a slant is elementary. That is a football one-on-one. 
That's the one that Jameis has to get out of his system. I don't know why it's in his system still. You've been in the league too long to throw that interception because you have to read off a one guy, and that's the middle linebacker who has a lot of ability, a lot of range. And for him, I mean, he made a good catch, but it wasn't a great catch. He didn't have to die for it. So that one's on Jameis. You can't defend any, you can't defend that at all. And, you know, throughout the whole game, this is a weird offense because if you look back at the game, once again, Jameis threw for 456, three interceptions, uh, four touchdown passes, which are all crazy numbers. We don't run the ball efficiently. We really don't. We try a little bit. I think one time in the game, we ran the ball three times in a row. We got a first down and we threw the ball. So we don't really, that's not our thing. And when it becomes our thing and we can do it efficiently, that's when your quarterback's at its best because your quarterback's not at its best when he's attempting close to 50 passes every single game. You're not at your best. You know, 45 attempts is a lot of attempts, people. It's a lot of attempts. And we're just asking Jameis to do a lot. Like when you look at the Buffalo Bills and some of these other teams that have a a younger quarterback, and Jameis is not young, but when you look at some of these teams that have younger quarterbacks that are succeeding, they're not asking their quarterback to do a lot. We're asking our quarterback to do a lot. We really are. Maybe too much because when you talk about Jameis uh, you know, being as high as he is as far as passing yards goes, I think he's second. Uh, it's it's changed. I think he's second in total passing. Um, we're number one in sacks. Where he gets sacked more than everybody else. I think maybe Kyler Murray gets sacked more. Okay, he's first in interceptions. <laughs> first in interceptions, maybe second in sacks, second in pass yards, and we gave up a lot of sacks. And J- and Jameis is evading a lot of sacks. Jameis did a great job a couple times of getting away uh, yesterday, making big plays as well. The one play where he evaded the sack, evaded a couple of guys, he went to his left, threw it back across his body to Watson, I believe. It's one of the better plays he made uh, throughout the day. Also one of those plays where you're like, ooh, watch out now. But the, the good Jameis comes with the bad Jameis, and they're stuck together. And they're rarely apart. That's the problem. Like sometimes you'll see a great Baker Mayfield. And sometimes you'll see a shitty Baker Mayfield. You see them both together with Jameis. Like he's, he won't separate them. But at the end of it, he's going to throw for 350 every single week. And I don't know if you can build a team around that. I, I'm not sure. I, I, I also know that you'd be crazy to give up on it. It's, it's, you'd be crazy to give up on it. You know, defensively, we have to start, you know, making plays. As defensive backs, as defensive backs early in the season, uh, a lot of times we're, we're in the wrong place. There's miscommunication. There was some yesterday too on that first long touchdown. I don't, sometimes when I look at the replay, I don't even know how to evaluate the play because I don't know if anybody knows where they're supposed to be. But when you see a defensive back, uh, I think it was Carlton Davis, uh, you know, ride a guy down the field for about 20 yards and just let him go. And then you're seeing the safety playing in the middle of the field and the receiver is going to, I just don't get who's wrong in those situations because of the miscommunication, um, just a misalignments. There's really bad angles. We, we're a young football team in the defensive backfield. So we take young angles. And 
for a great example is Carlton Davis in that one touchdown that was towards the pylon. Uh, it wasn't a very deep pass, but the receiver ran a route and he ended up going to the pylon in the back of the end, end zone. A great DB sprints to that spot. Carlton Davis, all of a sudden, at the time where you're supposed to sprint to that spot, delayed, stopped, looked in the backfield, and that was it. I mean, that's the difference. Greatness knows where that ball's going. Youth or, you know, young players, eh, they're guessing. And we're young. We do a lot of guessing. But there's also a lot of miscommunication out there. And we're taking young angles. That's got to stop. As a whole, I like our aggression defensively. Uh, we're good up front. We're a good defensive front up front. Vita and, and Sue, for those of you who missed McCoy, not quite sure what you're missing. I'm not quite sure what you're missing because with McCoy, we couldn't do anything. We couldn't rush the passer. We couldn't stop the run. Uh, we In crucial times, he was never there. You know, it's a difference now in crucial times. It was a crucial time yesterday. With a buck something left, our defense gets back on the field. What, what would have happened in 2018 or 17 or 15 or 13 or 12 or 10? They run, they, they rush it down the field and they score or they at least tie that game. Every time this team made plays, they made a play at the end. JPP batting that ball at the end is a play. Getting rushes at the end, Shaq Barrett still, you know, he's there. Shaq Barrett was a half a step close to another three sacks yesterday. He's legitimate. Now you have to come back, you know, come, you got to question yourself and ask, uh, are the Bucks going to sign this kid? Are they going to sign JPP? Uh, what is this team going to look like next year? How much different is it going to look? I mean, offensively, uh, you know, that Watford, Watford, uh, uh, sat in for Kappa, did a pretty good job. I didn't hear his name too much yesterday. Other than, you know, DeMar Dotson, our offensive line is pretty much set for next year. And we could, we could win with that. And I had an email. If you guys ever want to email me, it's ianbeckles at radioinfluence.com. It says, love the show. I have a question about the running game. From what you see with our offensive line, would we be better at a power scheme or a zone scheme? Um, power scheme, I don't know if we're big enough for a power scheme. We're a big team, but I don't know if we're rough and tumble enough. And as far as the zone scheme goes, uh, it's usually for smaller lines, and we're kind of in the middle. But zone is something that, the offensive line coach has to practice and that's not an easy thing. And if you're going to be a zone team, primarily you got to have the right coach and you have to have the right mentality. And uh, it's either all or not. I'm not quite sure we're there. And it says uh, uh, the league's gone away from that position, but the Niners seem to utilize a fullback position uh, top of their offense. Uh, the Bucks need a fullback. Who the hell wants to play fullback in 2019? Who wants to do that? Who wants to run downhill uh, and bash their head into a linebacker all game long? Nobody wants to do that anymore. Okay, I think fullbacks are becoming obsolete. I don't know why they even existed way back when because I don't know who, too many fullbacks are doing all that great because it's just not a it's not an, an efficient thing to do for your body, so to speak. But the Bucks fig- figure out a way to win yesterday. This is what we are as a team. We're an unpredictable football team with a lot of offensive firepower, uh, some skillful players on defense. It hasn't quite come together yet. But, you know, you can kind of see, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. And it was three in a row. Winning three games in a row is a tough situation. When was the last time the Bucks did that? It's probably been a while. So winning three in a row is cool. The Colts are not a bad football team. Um, 
And it seems like Bruce Arians is, you know, rubbing off on this team. And when you look back and a couple of those boneheaded loss early in the season, I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy that says, well, we should have not. You shouldn't have won nothing. That game's gone. You lost. They had, they had more points. You made more mistakes. Done over with. But if you come back and, and you use this team that they have now, which is clearly better than the team they had early in the season, uh, you might have won a couple of those games. And then we might have been in the mix because they're not far from the mix. And there's no reason why they can't compete towards the end of the season with all the teams they're playing, including the Texans, who caught it yesterday. So the Bucks can fight the rest of these, the, you know, these teams coming up. If they mess around and win out, then we're going to have a, uh, a fun. Uh, uh, the offseason will be more fun because the optimism will be obviously a lot higher and justifiably so. But Bruce Arians, um, who I believe in, by the way, uh, a, a lot of people want to question Bruce throughout the year, and that's fine. That's what head coaches, you know, that's what you're there for. I believe what Bruce Arians tells me because I know a bullshit coach and he ain't one. Okay. If he tells you they're close, then they're getting close. If he, they're not close, he'll say, fuck, they were not close, but they're getting close. You know, when he, when he tells you about Jameis and how he's playing, listen, because he's telling you the truth. I'm just telling you. He's not that dude to lie to you. I just don't, I don't believe he is. No, he wants to keep Jameis's, um, you know, morale up, obviously. But, you know, when you watch film, they tell, they'll tell Jameis how he played. You can't, you can't bullshit film. And if Jameis didn't play well, that's what's going to be, that's what's going to be said. And on that first interception, he's going to let Jameis know. It's unacceptable. And Jameis, if you want to know why you're not getting paid all that money, well, there's, that's your answer right there. Was that, that first interception? And although they won the game, you're putting your football team in a really tough situation, you know, giving up short fields all game long. That that's usually turns out the wrong way. But we have some good pieces. Devin White looks like the, the real deal. I mean, I was a big Quan Alexander fan, but I'm becoming as big of a Devin White fan who, who makes more plays than Quan Alexander in, in, his, in his short little career. So there's pieces there. Start to use a tight end a little bit more. O.J. Howard started to look like, you know, what he should look like. Cameron Brait makes an appearance. Uh, Mike Evans, losing Mike Evans is not good uh, in the long run, but when you really think about it, even if you miss, if you lose Mike Evans for the rest of the year, which I don't know if that's, you're going to grow well. You know, Watson's going to grow. All right. Godwin doesn't need to grow too much. Godwin's already a beast, but you're going to see more out of Brait and OJ Howard. We know we have in Mike Evans. Mike Evans is going to be fine next year. He's going to be a beast again. It's sad to see him go out though, because Mike Evans, uh, I mean, we know he, he leaves it on the field and, uh, he was hurt to, uh, to leave his teammates yesterday. That's for sure. And uh, we're not better without him, but maybe some other players will grow uh, Perriman and some guys like that uh, in his absence. But the Buccaneers figure out a way to get it done yesterday, and um, it's it's a lot more fun talking about a win, and it's it's a lot more fun to nitpick, you know, some of the uh, little problems when you win. When you win, when you lose, they hurt a little bit more. But the Bucks know they saw some things to to clean up. But uh, they're celebrating today, and uh, they'll probably have victory Monday. They might not even show up today, which is a wonderful thing. But um, let's see if they can figure out a way to, run, to you know, run the table here. Um, I, I don't know if I believe in that yet, but three in a row, I'm starting to become a believer. That's for sure. If anybody ever wants to email me, it's ianbeckles at radioinfluence.com. Uh, make sure you're listening to the Ron and Ian show Monday through Friday at 3 p.m., 6.20 a.m. and 95.3 f.m. And, uh... 
you know, the holidays are coming about, but we're talking sports every single day, and uh, the playoffs are coming around the corner, so we'll be talking about some other teams, but uh, we're, we're, we're Buck Central, that is for sure. I appreciate you guys listening in. Um, hopefully you enjoyed that game as much as I did yesterday, because uh, I made a little money, too, which never hurts. Have a wonderful week, and uh, let's hope we're talking about a big victory again next Monday. Peace out. You have been in the trenches with Ian Beckles on Radio Influence. This is an MJ Morning Show podcast quick fix on Radio Influence. Hey, it's MJ, and the MJ Morning Show is back. Join me and Froggy and Fester for all new episodes. In episode four, Froggy could be arrested by Child Protective Services, we'll explain. And what about those grotesque, disgusting potluck dinners at work? you got to be kidding me. Also, Froggy's first crank call ever. We dug it out of the archives, plus a whole lot more. The MJ Morning Show podcast, all of the platforms, all of the ways to listen, go to mjmorningshow.com, mjmorningshow.com. The MJ Morning Show podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, mjmorningshow.com, and radioinfluence.com.